Um, hope deferred that makes the heart sick is a message that the Lord spoke to me um, years ago. And when it happened, I was in prison. I had done about 18 years in prison. And that's a little more than a weekend. When I got sentenced to 22 years, I wanted to ask the judge if I could do my time on the weekends. But I didn't think it would be appropriate in that situation. He didn't seem to be in a joking mood. And so uh, ended up doing quite a bit of time in federal prison. So long story short, uh, today we are going to talk about hope deferred, and I'm going to share with you how to get free from hope deferred after we find out what hope deferred is. And I did not know what hope deferred was, but what I later found out was everybody, say everybody, everybody experiences hope deferred in their life, whether you're born again, whether you're not born again, whether you believe in God, whether you're an atheist, everyone on the planet goes through the test of hope deferred. That makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I'm going to scroll down here. Here's an image of a man going through a tunnel and he's looking and it's as if he's in hope deferred. And so here's what happened to me. I had been incarcerated about 18 years and this is what occurred. And, and let me just read the keynote verses. Uh, Proverbs 13, 12. Proverbs 13, 12. This is the King James Version. And it reads like this. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred, delayed or deferred hope. Hope off in a distance that we can see but can't grab hold of the manifestation of. And it's just out of reach. Causes our hearts to become sick. But when that thing is fulfilled, it's like a tree of life. It springs forth in us. Other translations read, New International Version, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. New, New Living Translation says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when dreams come true, there is life and joy. So here's what happened to me. I was about a year from getting out of prison after a long, long, arduous battle. I had been born again in 1990. I had been originally been arrested for stolen jets and multi-kilogram quantities of cocaine for the Kali cartel. I was a bad boy. I was operating in my God-given gift and calling apart from God, which causes your gifts to be used for the wrong kingdom instead of the correct kingdom. Had a radical encounter with the Lord in Leavenworth Penitentiary in 1990 where I was minding my own business, but I had a praying mother and a praying father which resulted in God's grace being released into my prison cell. And what happened was Jesus appeared to me in the prison cell. The glory cloud appeared. And what happened was this. I was radically transformed by Jesus and a visitation of the glory of God. That was 24 years ago. We've never looked back, continue to look forward. And now today, 
we have a prison ministry that does provide it provides leather bound first quality study bibles to prisoners in about 1135 facilities state and federal and some internationally and so god took what the enemy meant for harm mm -hmm. and turned for good and for the saving of many alive one soul saved behind bars can transform an entire facility when that individual gets anointed or mantled or on fire for God and it'll affect the entire compound staff and inmates alike today years later uh, chaplains that I sat under the authority of are now retiring from the Federal Bureau of Prisons and now they're able to make contact with me uh, one is going to the Ukraine very shortly we're gonna help him get there to go release the message of God's hope another one is in Costa Rica right now they're literally going out as missionaries after they were a missionary to the prison now they get released from their assignment after 20 years and now they're going and continuing the gospel because they are not hirelings they're sons of God so what happened to me 18 years in while watching other prisoners get released I was serving the Lord and wasn't getting my miracle from God of early prison release. I was writing legal briefs for other prisoners and God was anointing my ink pen. One year, 11 cases were won through the Lord's anointing on my ink pen from behind bars. 1995, 1996, 11 people got some sort of relief immediate release or reversals or va vacations off their their criminal convictions compassionate release reduction i mean it was just anything that i wrote god anointed and released people from prison that same year i was denied my appeal and what most people don't know is i was indicted three times on the same evidence in different jurisdictions over a period of four years, 11 months, and 27 days, which means three days before the five-year statute of limitations ran out on my case, while I was already convicted on two cases, one really should have been double jeopardy, they indicted me a third time. It was the prosecutor's parting gesture before leaving office. And the next thing you know, instead of having my case reversed, I'm indicted a third time. And you know, you take a railroad spike and you hit it once to set it, twice to pin it. But if you hit it a third time, the head of the railroad spike sinks deeper in, and then when the train comes by, it rattles it out. Sometimes the devil, who always loves to overplay his hand, will hit you one too many times, and it'll cause you to be rattled loose from the situation right. you're in. And it was during that time in the third indictment, a number of things came up. One, they had withheld evidence. They'd used perjured testimony against me. The agent was caught lying on the stand. The prosecutor was then arrested for soliciting sexual favors from an undercover prostitute, made John TV in Kansas City and also USA Today, national news. And they ended up indicting the government's key witness against me. And do you know what? I expected that that point God would release me in 1995, but he didn't. I ended up having to do another 13 years in federal prison. So it was at the end of my time watching God release others 
through my ink pen that he anointed and liberate while simultaneously watching others leave. And I had to stay behind that I began to battle. Hope deferred. Here's what happened. The Holy Spirit had illuminated this proverb. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverb, Proverbs 23, 13, 12. During a prayer time with a saintly woman in the course of a phone conversation, I was going through an increasingly difficult time spiritually, emotionally, and physically, though I hadn't voiced it to anyone. On this specific day, I had simply called on the phone and asked prayer for pain throughout the left side of my back. As this saintly woman began to pray, her name is Doris Harm. She and her husband, Lee, have the healing rooms over at Christ Triumphant Church in Lee Summit, Missouri. And they were the directors for the healing rooms for the state of Missouri uh, for many years. And they plant healing rooms in other countries. Really a wonderful little Pentecostal couple wrapped in Lutheran clothing. And they look like Lutherans, but don't be deceived. <laughs> they always get their devil and the healings happen. So healingroomskc.org, I believe it is. And, and so on this day, I called Doris. I called Lee for prayer. Doris answered the phone. And as she began to pray, she suddenly stopped in mid-sentence and said these words, Oh my. By word of knowledge, she, she picked something up in the spirit. She said, Oh my, you're suffering from deferred hope. I'm listening on the phone. I thought, what is deferred hope? Then calmly, yet with noticeable authority, she spoke directly to the problem. She said, deferred hope, in the name of Jesus, I break you off my brother's life right now and order you not to return to him again. Instantly, I was delivered. The pain in my back left simultaneously. It was miraculous. The only way I can describe what occurred is to say that all the chronic pain in my back, neck, and shoulders that had been increasing in intensity for the last six to eight months snapped off of me like a tightly stretched rubber band being cut with a knife, and I was free. Then in the same gentle voice, but with authority, she said, I now replace these areas of your life with God's desire fulfilled, which the Bible says is a tree of life. When she spoke these words, my mind, which had been saturated with frustration and tormented with stress and chronic disappointment, was suddenly purged and replaced with the inflooding mind of Christ. My faith level spiked instantaneously. My spiritual vision was renewed like an eagle. Said another way, it was as if my viewpoint and understanding of my life and its seemingly arduous circumstances suddenly had changed. It was as though God showed me heaven's perspective. His aerial point of view on the same life issues and delayed or deferred hope I had been struggling with. At the same time, my heart was filled with new anticipation and godly optimism of what the Lord was about to do for me, as well as through my life for others. In a word, hope was restored. 
I stood amazed and praised God for this mighty deliverance, a renewed vigor and strength to finish the course set before me, filled my soul. I then realized God had just supernaturally delivered me from unseen spiritual forces that had been encroaching and, in, and hindering my life, oppressing my mind, tormenting my body, spiritual forces that had been increasing in negative effect against me for a period of nearly three years' time. During this time, I knew something was awry. It was off. Something was wrong, but I couldn't, until after being delivered, quite put my finger on it, yet now it all crystallized instantly. I had been delivered from deferred hope. These forces of darkness had been subtle. Somehow through my ignorance, they had increasingly hindered and oppressed my mind and body and had began to vex my human spirit. After hanging up the phone from this prayer encounter, the Holy Spirit began to reveal to me how subtle yet devastating deferred hope can be to a Christian. In reality, if it wasn't for the intervening hand of God through this saintly woman's prayers, the enemy deferred hope could have easily prevailed against me, derailing me in my walk with the Lord. I could have, like Hymenaeus and Alexander the coppersmith, become shipwrecked in my faith as the Bible warns against in 1 Timothy 1, 18 through 20. My son Timothy, regarding the prophecies made concerning you, that by these, by these prophetic words, you might wage a good warfare and fight the good fight of faith, of which some have rejected those prophetic words over their life, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander the coppersmith, who have suffered shipwreck in their faith, and I have delivered over to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So if you have a promise of God over your life and circumstances come to the contrary, press forward, remember the prophetic word, remember the promises of God, and stay on the prophetic railroad tracks and don't allow the enemy to topple your car or to derail you in your faith, but stand firm because hope deferred has an end to it. It only lasts a while and in an instant. A saintly woman over the phone, when you call from your spiritual prison, will simply say, oh my, you're suffering from deferred hope. Hope deferred, I command you to loose hold of him or her and instantly like a rubber band cut off your life, it sets you free. And then the inflooding mind of Christ comes by the tree of life. I became aware at this point, after I had been delivered, of how I had nearly been destroyed because of my ignorance regarding hope deferred, which is throughout the Bible. What exactly is hope deferred? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Hope deferred or deferred hope is one of the spiritual weapons the enemy employs and deploys against Christians. He does it against non-believers. He does it against everybody to try to get them to become suicidal, to give up on their hopes and dreams, to compromise, to tolerate what God has not 
wanted them to tolerate, this weapon, if not recognized and properly guarded against, can cause our hearts to become sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. This is why God's wisest Old Testament king, King Solomon, admonishes us with these words in Proverbs 4.23. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick, Solomon said, keep your heart, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow all the other issues of life. If our hearts become sick through hope deferred, then other areas of our life will suffer as well. This includes our attitude, our spiritual vision, physical and mental health, our love relationship with Jesus and others. All these things had been severely affected prior to my instant deliverance from hope deferred, all because I was ignorant of this strategic tool of the enemy. Keep in mind that I had been born again for 18 years, actually 17 years, because I got born again about a year after I, I came to prison, went to prison. So I had won souls to Christ, taught Bible studies to others, cast demons out, saw miraculous healings, had visitations from the Lord, knew the word from Genesis to Revelation. I studied the Bible four and five hours a day for 17 years. In the Old Testament, the prophet Hosea said it this way, and he warns us, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. Under the new covenant, the apostle Paul said, beware lest Satan should get an advantage of you because we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. 2 Corinthians 2, 11, I believe it is a safe statement to say that the devil's ability to keep you and me defeated is directly related to his ability to keep us ignorant on spiritual matters. Amen. I'm going to repeat that. The devil's ability to keep us defeated is directly related to his ability to keep us ignorant on spiritual matters. This is why today I'm sharing the victory that the Lord granted me over deferred hope with you. My heartfelt desire is that by the time we finish today, that the Holy Spirit, what he revealed to me from the scriptures and my personal experience and victory, you too will be delivered from any of the negative effects that deferred hope has sent against your life. Because if he did it for me, he'll do it for you because he's no respecter of persons and he never puts you in a position to hear a testimony unless he wants to do something similar in your life and he always confirms his word with signs and wonders following. Amen. Acts 10.34, God is no respecter of persons. We are not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices, so let us not be ignorant. Are you ready to put on your helmets of salvation afresh and Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and understanding. We apply the flux of the Holy Spirit that the solder of God's word might come and become one with our understanding and minds. Anoint our ears to hear and our spirits to receive what is thus saith the Lord for us at this hour. We are here to study to show ourselves approved for we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. Those in agreement said,
Amen. The first thing the Lord showed me about deferred hope was that it comes against us through three primary elements. Three primary elements. One, the very real circumstances of life that come to delay our God-given desires from being fulfilled, bringing disappointment. Number one, the very real circumstances of life that come to delay our God-given desires from being fulfilled, which bring disappointment. Two, the mindset that develops in us that is contrary to the word of God in that process. The mindset that begins to develop in us that is contrary to what God, God's word says or the prophetic promises that have come. And finally, number three, a demonic spirit that then comes to hinder and oppress us, to sicken us in heart once these first two earthly and soulish events occur, then the third comes like a triple braided cord that cannot be easily broken, becomes demonic. This wisdom cometh not from above, but is earthly, the natural circumstances, soulish, our mindset, and devilish. That's what James chapter three says. The wisdom that, it, that comes down from above is peaceable, pure, lovely, of good report. It's easy to be received and is sown in peace of them that make peace, but the wisdom that cometh from beneath is earthly, soulish, and demonic. So the very real circumstances are earthly. The mindset that develops that's contrary to the word of God is soulish, and then an evil spirit is demonic, and it becomes a triple braided cord that cannot be easily broken, Ecclesiastes 4.12. At this point, we need supernatural deliverance from heaven to set us free like I needed that day. And God used that wonderful, saintly woman. The ironic part is that once we get to this third stage of bondage, the triple braided cord, we usually don't even realize we've been trapped and brought into captivity by the enemy. I believe most people will experience hope deferred at one time or another in their life. In fact, hope deferred can be a common experience, more common than most would like to admit or are even aware of. I know I was ignorant. Because of this fact, once hope deferred has a stronghold in our lives, the enemy of our souls will try to capitalize on this weakness in our spiritual armor. Satan will test our spirit by sending a spirit of discouragement to, to them compound the matter. If we aren't careful or we become or remain ignorant of the enemy's strategies, this can catapult us into a spiritual tailspin and eventual crash, or as scripture calls it, shipwrecked in our faith. I believe this is what may have happened to Hymenaeus and Alexander the coppersmith that I said earlier, and I'm just going to go ahead and read the verse, 1 Timothy 1.18. Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following the prophecies, you might fight the good fight, holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these words, and so have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. First Timothy 1, 18 through 20. 
New International Version. The Apostle Paul was warning Timothy, his spiritual son, against losing his focus or taking his eye off the prize. Paul had prophesied over Timothy, but warfare was coming against him to contradict these prophetic words. Uh, evidently, Paul had also spoken words of prophecy over Hymenaeus and Alexander, but something caused them to lose focus, to be distracted. I believe life circumstances contradicted the prophecies, which is common in your experience. God doesn't often give you a prophecy just for your entertainment. He gives it to you so you can hold on to that prophecy so when life circumstances are 180 degrees contrary, then you can stand firm until the manifestation comes forth. This is why Abraham hoped against hope and continued to believe in hope. Genesis 17 verses 4 through 5. And then finally received his promise from God and became the father of many nations. Abraham... You will be the father of many nations, for I have made you the father of many nations. Thirteen years later, he has a son. Or actually, from the time of that prophecy, it was 25 years. Abraham had to stand against deferred hope for 25 years before Isaac was born. If Abraham had yielded to deferred hope or shrank back from the promise of God, he would have missed God's best for him. In fact... At one point, Abraham yielded to the very real circumstances of hope deferred in the natural, the earthly realm of Sarah's barren and dead womb, his wife, coupled with her worldly advice, the soulish advice of his earthly, soulish, demonic, natural, dead womb, coupled with the soulish, worldly advice from his wife to take the concubine Hagar. This fleshly union produced a child named Ishmael, the father of the Arab people. Many within this people group in the Middle East have persecuted Jews and Christians for the last 4,000 years, relentlessly murdering them in the name of Allah. Deferred hope was at the root of this birthing and its negative fruit continues unabated to this very, now are we starting to see the power and the strategy of hope deferred, and the long-term negative effects. Deferred hope, and by the way, I know some wonderful Arab people. This is not an ethnicity thing. This is a bloodline thing that produced, okay, so this, I, I love Arab people, especially my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Amen? Let us do good to all people, especially to those that are the household of faith. Deferred hope was at the root of this birthing and its negative fruit continues unabated to this very day. If only Abraham had known about the strategy of hope deferred. God, we've got the Bible today. He didn't. He's the father of our faith. We should be able to do better because the sons should do better than their fathers because the fathers equipped the sons with the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding. Your ceiling in life and ministry should become the next generation's floor to go to the next level with. If you're an Elijah, you should raise up an Elisha, and they should have twice as many miracles in their ministry. Amen? Deferred hope was at the root of the... If only Abraham had known. God recovered Abraham in time, and Isaac, the child of promise, was born through the supernaturally resurrected womb of Sarah. Christ came through this bloodline, and the blessings of Abraham has come upon all who receive Jesus. Hallelujah. 
In the case of Hymenaeus and Alexander, the outcome was ugly, just the opposite. When they experienced the spiritual warfare of deferred hope, instead of standing on the promises of God and the prophetic word spoken through Paul, they yielded to the trap set for them, the circumstances of life, its accompanying mindset of defeat, and the demonic influence that turned them against the apostle Paul won that round. Their hearts became sick and they began to slander God's anointed leaders. Their word did eat like a cancer against the apostle Paul. As a result, God directed the apostle Paul to hand their flesh over to Satan for punishment that they may learn not to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Ouch! May we learn from their wretched example and not make the same mistake. May we rather be like the numerous heroes of the faith who stood firm in the face of such trials and emerge victorious in Christ Jesus. Twelve brief examples of God's people who experienced deferred hope. It's common There's no temptation that's taken you except that which is common unto every man. And with the temptation, God always makes a way of escape that you might be able to bear up underneath it. We always have a way of escape. If the devil shuts the door, look for the window that God opens. Abraham, the father of faith, experienced hope deferred for 25 years, waiting for the promise of a child who would make him the father of many nations. Finally, at age 100, Abraham laughed and disbelieved the possibility of having a child when the messenger angel visited him in Genesis chapter 17, specifically verse 17. He laughed. The father of our faith laughed in disbelief at the promise of God. But God did it anyway. Sarah, Sarah experienced hope deferred until she was 90 years old and then laughed when the angel spoke to her in Genesis 18, 12. In her disbelief, she gave her husband bad advice and Ishmael was birthed through an unholy union that still inflicts harm against the people of God 4,000 years later. Joseph in the Old Testament stood effectively against hope deferred while in prison on false rape charges. He was called by God to be the deliverer of Egypt, the Egyptians and his own Israelite family. God used a believer in a pagan nation to deliver a pagan nation. That's how much God loves the non-believer. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. While yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Never look at the non-believer with your own eyes. Ask the Lord to give you his eyes and his heart for them. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. We've got to stop fishing in our bathtub in the church. And catching fish that have already been caught. Amen? Go into all the world. You have to have a love for the world, meaning the people of the world, to go in. But remember this, when you go into the world, it's okay to have your boat in the water. Just don't let the water get in your boat. So he was called by God. Joseph was called by God to be the deliverer of Egypt, the Egyptians, and his own Israelite family, even after God's intervention with a sign for good to show that God was still with Joseph. He still had to wait in faith on God for two more years behind bars, the cupbearer and the baker. One was sent on and restored in a position according to the dream and the word of the Lord. The other one was, had his head cut off in Genesis chapter 40 and Genesis chapter 41. It was 22 years after Joseph had received his personal dreams of his 
family's sheaves bowing down to his sheave where they would have to submit to Joseph. And 22 years later, Joseph went from the, from the, the pasture to the pit to Potiphar's house under false rape charges to the prison house. And finally, he was brought out of the prison house to the palace as prime minister under Pharaoh. Pharaoh, okay. So 22 years later, God performed the promise but 22 years of false de deferred hope. Joseph could have said, you know what? My family, my Israelite Christian family, my, my Israelite family forsook me. They sold me into slavery. You know what? I'm over here at Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife's hitting on me. You know what? Where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? You know why not? But then he said, no, I will not do such a wicked thing and sin against God and my master. And so he ends up on false rape charges because he doesn't compromise. Sometimes when you don't compromise, things don't get better. They get worse. Isn't that encouraging? But in a day, he'll take you from the prison house to the palace's prime minister and give you authority over all the kingdom. Moses experienced hope deferred on the backside of the mountain as an outcast and murderer for 40 years, Exodus 3.1. God made him the deliverer of three million souls out of Egypt. You can have 40 years on the backside of the mountain after you've been in a position of authority for 40 years. Wow. And then have 40 years pastor in a congregation that are rebellious against you. Oh, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. God made Moses the deliverer of three million souls out of Egypt with mighty outstretched signs and wonders, a staff of authority. Then in the wilderness, Moses faced 40 more years of hope deferred along with these same three million souls who are now corporately blaming him for bringing them out to die in the desert. Oh, the joy of pastorhood. As a result, Moses became angry at one point because of deferred hope, and he struck the rock twice, which disqualified him from entering the promised land. See Numbers chapter 20, verse 8 through 12. The first time he struck the rock and water came out, the next time the Lord told him, speak to the rock. But he was so disgusted, frustrated, and, you know, the unappreciative congregants, he made a mistake. And he said, must we bring water from this rock for you? Oh, you rebels. He misrepresented God in his frustration. He said, must we do it? Never forget where the signs and wonders come from. It's not your staff. It's not your ring of authority. It's his authority in your ring. It's his authority in your staff. It's his authority and anointing in your hand because otherwise you'll be laying empty hands on empty heads and nothing will happen. Instead of blowing on somebody and them falling out under the power and getting a, the breath of God, you'll blow on them and they'll say, um, could I offer you a breath mint? Right? Never forget, we are the hammer in the carpenter's hand, but he's the hammer. I mean, he's the carpenter. And he can pick any tool he wants out of the tool shed. It's an honor and a privilege to serve him. He's got 7,000 others who've not yet bowed their knee to Baal that he could put his spirit upon at any time. Lord, thank you for allowing us the privilege to go through hope deferred, to be overcomers, to receive the promise. But you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise, Hebrews 10, 10.35. So the children of Israel... 
Anyway, so he struck the rock twice. God did the miracle anyway, but it disqualified him from the promised land. Instead, he looked and saw it, but God took him home. Don't allow hope deferred to disqualify you for ministry after you've been anointed, after you've been appointed. Don't allow hope deferred to cause you to Ishmael in any way, shape, or form. Don't compromise and marry the wrong man or marry the wrong woman. If you're not married, if you have, <laughs> praise the Lord, pray through it. <laughs> hope deferred. God can change them, and a lot of times he'll change you in the process. Okay, that's a whole other message. The children of Israel suffered from hope deferred. In Exodus 12, they experienced hope deferred as slaves to a pagan king in Egypt for 430 years. Children of Israel then experienced hope deferred for 40 years in the wilderness, Exodus 16, 35. However, God was faithful because they never lacked anything. For the Lord God has blessed thee, blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord thy God has been with you and you have lacked nothing, Deuteronomy 2, 7. Children of Israel also yielded to hope deferred in less than 40 days while their pastor was gone. He was on a 40-day fast. He's up on the mountain with God. They saw mighty outstretched signs and wonders, 10 plagues delivered out of it. They went through the Red Sea. Their, their enemies were, were crushed. They had manna from the sky, water from the rock. They had, they had a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. A gross darkness was light to them and darkness to their enemies. They're completely delivered. Moses goes on a 40-day sabbatical. And how do they respond? They're reading their word. They're singing hymns and songs. No. In less than 40 days, while waiting for their spiritual leader Moses to return from the mountain with instructions from God, Deuteronomy 9.9, their hearts became sick and they began worshiping a golden calf and doing some very ugly things that they shouldn't be doing with the works of the flesh. Anna, the, how does that apply to you today? Okay. <laughs> Repent. Change your mind. A desire fulfilled is like a tree of life. Amen. Anna the prophetess, she passed the test. Anna the prophetess stood faithfully against hope deferred for 60 years. Amen. Praying and fasting in the temple of God, she received the promise of the consolation of Israel, Jesus, the birth of the Messiah, Luke 2, 25 through 38. She kept focused and steadfast on the vision and refused to cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people perish where there is no vision. People cast off restraint. She stayed in the temple with prayer and fasting for six decades because God told her, you'll see the consolation. She could have done a lot of other things, but she said, no, I'm going to stay in the temple praying and fasting because I know God's going to bring it. They probably thought, oh, you're probably like Noah thinks that there's going to be a flood. Well, when the flood came, who was on the balcony singing, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. I don't believe that's what Noah did, but don't think it would have been. But yeah, yeah, there was no bow. Anyway, disciples experienced hope deferred while waiting for Jesus to take over Rome as their king. They expected him to deliver the children of Israel from Roman rule and restore Jerusalem to its rightful place in history. Judas tried to expedite this process by selling Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver to force him to use his power. 
His plan was to force Jesus, who had divine authority as Messiah, to defeat the Romans and to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus' eternal government. Instead, Judas' heart became sick, and he ended up committing suicide. The disciples' hearts became sick when Jesus was crucified in Matthew 27, 38, and they went back to fishing. John 21, 3. The zealots experienced hope deferred while waiting for the Messiah for an undetermined number of years. Are, are we starting to get the point? Okay. They yielded to deferred hope and their hearts became sick. They turned to violence to accomplish the prophecy in their own power and strength, killing Romans in the name of God. Don't be anti-government. Be pro-Jesus. Just go release Jesus. If you spent, and I spent, as much time reading political emails as we did on our knees praying in the Spirit, we would see our nation changed. Earthly, soulish, and then it becomes demonic. I get emails from people I delete, 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 delete because they've traveled over into this anger, zealot spirit. Wow, that's a teaching. They yielded to deferred hope, the zealots, and their hearts became sick. They turned to violence to accomplish the prophecy in their own power and strength, killing Romans in the name of Jehovah God. Consequently, they were arrested and executed. More than 30,000 were crucified by the Roman government during this time. Gehazi experienced deferred hope while waiting to be commissioned by God as prophet after Elisha. There was Elijah, then there was Elisha, and then there was going to be Gehazi. But Gehazi lost vision, cast off restraint, and then stole money from the ministry. Took two talents or 150 pounds of silver and two high-quality Versace garments. Okay, I added the person. Okay. Okay. This self-realized vision in his mind would enable him to leave the ministry and go into private business, 2 Kings 5, 20 through 27. Gehazi became leprous as a result. Touch not the unclean thing. Don't mess with God's money. Don't trade your mantle, your ministry, and your calling for money. Wow. Lot's daughters suffered from deferred hope. Once fire destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, there were no men left alive. Instead of waiting for proper husbands from the Lord, they yielded to the spirit of deferred hope. Their hearts became sick. They schemed to get their father intoxicated in order to have sex with him. Both daughters became pregnant as a result of these incestuous unions and then gave birth to two wicked nations, the Ammonites and the Moabites, biblical enemies of God's people. Is this riveting? There's good news. You ready for it to shift? Say, bring us the good news, David. Hallelujah. The gospel means good news. The same God that delivered me in an instance about to deliver you today. Hope deferred is common, and it's a test for every believer. There's no temptation that's taken you except that which is common to every man, and with the temptation, he makes a way of escape that you might be able to bear up underneath it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, with each temptation, God always, 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 always. Can I emphasize that? Always. Always. You know what always means in the Greek? That means always. 
He always makes a way of escape. If we will simply seek the Lord, he will lead us in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus. You may have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, but thank God you're not going to die there. You're not going to be stuck in it. If you'll keep your eyes on the sea walker, the winds and waves of adversity will not consume you. And even if they do, when you call on the sea walker, he'll pick you up and put you in the boat and instantly you'll be on the other side. As we discussed above, hope deferred can also be accompanied by an evil spirit for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Earthly, soulish, demonic. It's a three-step pattern into the triple-braided cord from the enemy. That's hard to break. But with the power of God and somebody who comes as a deliverer sent by the Lord instantly, whether it's a saintly woman over the phone in a calm, gentle, yet authoritative voice, the devil's got to obey. Snap off of you. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes when the Lord's had me share this, demons will start twisting in people's bellies in the service. And I'll know it's time not to get through the message because it's time to get deliverance. He's feeling it right in back. It's happening right in his spirit. Amen. Just go ahead and stand up. Stretch your hands toward him. Hope deferred in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There it goes. Shoo. Loose him, I said. I bind and break your power, hope deferred. Just say I come out of agreement with this spirit. There it goes. Thank you, Jesus. There it goes. I break the power of hope deferred and I release right now. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. I release a desire fulfilled that's like a tree of life. Shoo! What are you feeling on you now? <laughs> you see, joy cometh in the morning. Morning just happened for him. M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See, you, when, this, when this teaching comes, God always confirms his word. You'll feel, some people will feel it just twisting in their belly. And they get freed, just like God freed me. I mean, you can continue to kind of, we're just going to go. For our struggles, not against flesh and blood, earthly, soulish, and demonic. Job's wife suffered from deferred hope also, and rightfully so. She just lost her children, the flocks, the herd, the servants. She had her entire house decimated in a day with report after report after report. If you had 10 children and you lost them, all your servants, all your lands, all your cattle, you were wiped out in a day and you were serving God and God gave you those children. What's my life been for? Job's wife suffered from deferred hope. When she lost her children and everything they owned, her hope was deferred. She then told her husband, curse God and die, Job. Job 2.9. It's interesting to note that these are the same words Satan told God that Job would say if he lifted the hedge of protection off of Job and allowed Satan to afflict him. The devil has got to get permission to lay a finger on you. Or you've got to come out from under the hedge of protection and go touch the unclean thing. You've got to kick a hole in a hedge for a serpent to become able to get through and bite you. Touch not the unclean thing. Man, there's something happening right now on addictions. Come out of agreement 
with which you've left the hedge of protection and you've gone beyond the circle of the bloodline and you stepped over. Something landed on your wrist. Shake it off. Shake it off. Repent. Change your mind. Don't cross the bloodline. The devil can't cross. We can leave the protection of the house. Be free in the name of Jesus. Drugs and alcohol. Pornography. And break your power. There it goes. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I also declare supernatural healing of the soul wounds and the mind, the will and the emotions from the images. I declare supernatural healing in the area of the mind, the hard drive. We reinterpret the event from heaven's perspective from one who's been forgiven and delivered and healed and restored, that we can look back, even as I can look back on 20 years of prison and smile, knowing what the enemy meant for harm, God turned for good and for the saving of many alive. And he's no respecter of persons. Lord, give us heaven's aerial perspective, looking down upon the circumstances, for you are the God who sits in the heavens and laughs at the wicked, knowing that their day is come. You laugh knowing that you have the wicked in derision. The enemy cannot prevail against the blood-washed child of God who simply says, God, take me, I'm yours. When your miracle is delayed, hope-deferred demons may also send people to ask you, where is the promise of his coming? They may word it this way. If God was really with you, where's he at today? Why aren't you healed? You believe in all that stuff. Why is your healing delayed? You must have done something wrong. Why did the man at the gate beautiful have to wait all those years, carried daily to the temple? Jesus walked by him. Matthew 26, 55, Jesus says, I was with you daily preaching in the temple. How did Jesus get into the temple? He walked through the gate beautiful. And he walked by a crippled man. Well, work for food. Alms for the poor. Jesus never is recorded of doing anything for that man. Yet, after the resurrection, Peter and John are sent by the gate beautiful. And when they see the man, he looked at them expecting to receive something from them. They said, silver and gold have we none. But such as we have, we give you this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And instantly they took him by the hand and the power of God, the dunamis power came through them. Silver and gold don't we have, but what we do have is the dunamis miracle working, yoke destroying power of almighty God. In the name of Jesus, receive it. And instantly strength came into his ankle bones. He began to walk and leap and praise God. I declare unto you that he'd been bound with hope deferred in the area of physical health, your miracle's coming. Receive it even now. Woo! Something just happened right there for some people. 
people will say, if God is with you, where is he at today? Give up this silly Christian stuff and try something that really works. Come on out, have a drink with me. You deserve it. <laughs> be not drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter said this, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all these, things, these continue as they were from the beginning of creation. 2 Peter 3, 3 through 4. When I suffered from hope deferred, let me share you something. People said, well, you know, he delivered others. He's forsaken you. It was not easy. When that thing came on my back and that pain, it was a three-year period. And that last six to eight months, I physically felt as though I had cancer in my body, but I didn't want to use the C word and confess it to anybody. I battled that thing in the wee hours of the night. It got to the point where I couldn't even read my Bible because of the pain, and I knew it was a devil, and I'm going to tell you why. It had become earthly, circumstances, soulish. The mindset tried to creep in on me through the voice of well-meaning Christian friends, and what happened was this. I could feel that thing, and I'd cast it off. It would leave, and the next day it would be right back. Some of you have battled and it leaves and it comes back and it leaves and it comes back. I've got good news for you. When it leaves this time, it's going to stay gone. I've never had to experience it again. Satan will send scoffers to add insult to the injury that hope deferred inflicted. When he seeks, what he seeks for you is for you to curse God to his face. This Christianity doesn't work. God, you don't love me. It's a lie. Don't believe it. Don't yield to this temptation, but press on hoping against hope in Jesus' mighty name. God is able to hasten his word to perform it over your life. Jeremiah 1, 12, King James Version. When you stand firm in faith, eventually you will receive the promise. So if there's one thing I can tell you today, by the spirit of the Lord, do not lose hope. Do not give up hope floats. You can push it down into the water, but it'll buoy back up and hope pops up and the enemy's like, I can't keep them down. You can stir the cream deep down into the milk, but it will always rise back to the top. When you stand firm in faith, eventually you shall receive the promise, but you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you will inherit the promise. Mm. Moses suffered from deferred hope and killed an Egyptian in the power of his own flesh and he got banished to the wilderness. The apostles went back to fishing. In effect, they left the ministry. The religious Hebrew zealots rebelled against civil authority and committed murder and sedition. They used the arm of their own flesh instead of the power of the spirit. Abraham slept with his concubine Hagar at the prompting of his wife. Sarah had lost the vision. She was suffering from hope deferred. Sometimes the accusing voice of Satan will speak into our minds in the first person. Now, here's how the enemy works. I'm going to give you a secret. He'll speak first person, causing us to perceive his words as a product of our own thinking. God doesn't love me. He'll speak first person. You'll think it's your own words, so you'll come into agreement with him easier. That's, right. That's how the enemy loves to come in. Exactly. I, I'm going to go do this tonight because I deserve it. And you're like, yeah, I think I will. If the enemy says, why don't you go do this tonight? You deserve it. You'll be like, no, that's not, that's not the word. But if he speaks first person, you'll think it's your own thoughts if you're not careful. Every time. It's, it's, you're 
Mm. The accusing voice of Satan will speak into our minds in the first person, causing us to perceive his words as a product of our own thinking. This causes us to accept his words as our own instead of combating his lies. He'll speak statements like this. If it is to be, it is up to me. I guess God wants me to help him fulfill the promise myself. Well, faith without works is dead. I better go do this. Faith without works is dead. But faith that's not born, works that are not born from faith are dead works. Well, God helps those that help themselves. The Bible says, the Bible says, don't do anything apart from me, because apart from me, you can do nothing. The children of Israel lost patience while Moses was up on the mountain. And we know the rest of those stories. Again and again, they turned away in the wilderness and tempted God and tempted God to kill them and limited the Holy One of Israel from giving them his blessing. Psalms 47841, Living Bible Translation. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Are you tired of waiting for your promotion at work? Don't quit before you get your new promotion. Don't let hope deferred steal your day of advancement. It's always greener on the other side, isn't it? You go to the next location, you have to repeat the same test because it's character development time in the midst of the storm. Maybe you're considering compromising your integrity to gain favor with your boss or the company. This will only leave you empty and is spiritual fool's gold that won't last. Maybe you're thinking of giving yourself a supplemental pay raise by taking office supplies, gas, some other extra computer accessories or other items for home use, <laughs> using the company car or credit card for personal gain, charging personal lunches on the company account, adding extra hours to your time card or pay sheet, taking credit for work project or some, that someone else has performed. Hope deferred. Are you tired of waiting for the godly mate of your dreams from the Lord? Maybe you're considering compromising by dating God's second best. Don't make the same mistake Abraham did with his concubine Hagar or Samson mistake with a hairdresser named Delilah. You could end up with an Ishmael to rear for the next 21 years or worse yet, like Samson, your eyes could be plucked out and you could die in prison. God will forgive you, but it's better not to have to go through such problems in the first place. And if you have come into that situation, God will redeem it. So there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Don't compromise yourself emotionally or sexually. If you desire God's best, give God your best. A Proverbs 31 man will receive a Proverbs 31 woman. On the other hand, Ray Ray will be drawn to Shanika and all the baggage she brings with her. Biff will be drawn to Muffy. You know, therefore allow whatever, you know, the active background is. I don't want to make the, you know, Bill and sure, you know, Sherry or Therefore, allow God to change your name spiritually from Jacob, deceiver, supplanter, manipulator, to Israel, soldier of God. Allow him to change you from Abram to Abraham. Allow him to change you from Peter, the rock. Allow him to change your name and allow God to first develop you into the man or woman of God and you will receive the mate of your dreams from God. Stand firm. Do not lose hope. Do not compromise what you know is the biblical standard. 
I've been single for 25 years and non-compromised. I'm now engaged to be married to a Proverbs 31 woman who's been single and non-compromised. And we're holding that standard by the grace of God. And you know what? When both have already made the determination, it's easy. When one hasn't made the determination, it's a tug of war. Make that determination. Do it God's way. If you won't cheat on God before marriage, the odds of your spouse cheating on you after marriage are greatly diminished. Point to ponder. Are you tired of waiting for a promotion at ministry or church? May you, maybe you've been tempted to speak against the person who's already in that position or even the pastor or chaplain in charge because they failed to recognize you and your spectacular gifting. <laughs> maybe you're tempted to change churches. Maybe they will recognize your gifting at a new one while being blind to your undeveloped character. Amen or ouch. Korah rebelled against Moses because he wanted his position. Korah, along with his 250 rebellious followers, was subsequently swallowed up in an earthquake sent by God. Don't make their mistake. Repent today and be free from deferred hope. Remember, King David didn't speak against King Saul during David's character development process from the Lord. It lasted nine years while David was on the run from the Lord's ex-anointed who'd lost the anointing Saul. David inherited the kingdom when God promoted him and is recorded as being a man after God's own heart. Joseph, Old Testament, a man after God's own heart. David, a man after God's own heart. Samuel, a man after God's own heart. Anna the prophetess, a woman after God's own heart. The Proverbs 31 woman, a woman after God's own heart. Deborah the prophetess, a woman after God's own heart. Priscilla and Aquila, a husband and wife ministry team after God's own heart. Let us stand. You can go online at eagleheartfellowship.org and download this book, either out of the library or off the shop link. Thank you, Jesus. When a desire is fulfilled, it's like a tree of life being planted in our lives. This tree from the Lord bears fruit unto all around us, even non-believers who know that God has done something great for us. For example, when God delivered the children of Israel, this is what they sang as a song of praise. Psalms 126, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Thank you, Lord. Just raise your hands up unto the Lord. Just ask him to deliver you. Come out of agreement. Change your thinking regarding this matter. You know what the word of God says? You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I declare the promises 
released into, the, into your lives right now. In the name of Jesus, hope deferred, I bind and I break your power. I command you to cease in your functions and functionality, your stratagems against these children of the King. Those listening by CD and those listening on the internet by video and those under the sound of my voice in the house. I declare the spirit of hope deferred's power is broken by the power of the Holy Spirit. Loose them. Loose them, I said. Loose them. Loose them. Loose them and let them go. There it goes. Just saw some snap over off in this area. If you're getting free, just raise your hand. Raise one of your hands up. Yeah, there's one back there just supernaturally getting free. There's one here that's getting free. There's one over here that's getting free. I release the inflooding mind of Christ. A desire fulfilled that's like a tree of life. Be free from hope deferred. Be free. Shake it off like Paul shook the serpent back into the fire. And he suffered no harm from the venomous beast. Shake it off. Be free. Be free. Because whom the Son makes free. There it is. It's another shift of it. I declare prophetically that you've just turned a corner. Just turn to the side for a second and look a different direction. Even as Moses turned and he saw the burning bush. There it goes. It's just a prophetic expression. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare freedom, freedom, freedom. Freedom. Give him a shout and say, hallelujah, I'm free. I'm free. Say it like you mean it. There's the joy cometh in the morning. I declare morning is now. The weeping endured for a night. Joy cometh in the morning. Now faith is. Yeah, yeah, come on up. Yeah. There it goes. There it goes. Freedom. There it goes. Ooh. Jesus, go from her. Stretch your hands toward her. God's delivering her from something right now. There it goes. Out, I said. Out. 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 Power of God's in the house. Anybody else want freedom? Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. Freedom up, freedom. In Jesus' name. There it goes. Let it go, let it go, let it go. There it is. Power of God, power of God, power of God, power of God. Who else wants... A touch. See, there's, there's an anointing in the house right now to break this power of this thing and to set people free. Okay. There it goes. Come out of her, I said. There it goes. She. Loose her, I said. In Jesus' name. Loose her. There's freedom in the house. There's freedom in the house. Amen. Amen. I curse this thing. I command it to dry up and to die. I curse cancer, tumor. I break its power. Mm, the seed of this thing. And I root it up. In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. Loose her, I said. 
Thank you, Jesus. Gentle, 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 gentle. And I remove the burdens, the burdens, the burdens. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, birthing, conception might have been a pleasant experience. Birthing, nobody says, I just can't wait to go through the travail and the pangs of childbirth. I just look forward to those. They look forward to getting it over with, but they don't look forward to the experience. Amen. Amen. So sometimes things get birthed. There goes, power of God. Freedom, I said. There it goes. Woo! Power of God. You know, sometimes people fall out under the power. Sometimes they shake, rattle, and roll. Sometimes they sit stoic. We're about transformation, not manifestation at Eagle Heart Fellowship. So whatever it takes to get set free, we rejoice and we celebrate. And so we don't push people down. If the power of God takes you down, great. And if not, that's fine too. As long as there's transformation. We're transformed into the same image. See, the power of God's still flowing in her right now. What are you feeling on you right now? Lightheaded. 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 Yeah. <laughs> what did you just feel just then? Release. See, sometimes you, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Feel something on you. Just Amen. Amen. Is that what you want to do? Okay. He's going to receive Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Raise your hands unto the Lord. What's your first name? Anthony. Do you believe Jesus died for you on a cross 2,000 years ago? He was buried in the grave, and three days later, he rose from the dead. Amen. Do you want to receive him into your heart right now? Yes, Just say, Jesus, Jesus I, turn I turn from my sins and I turn to you. I give you my life. Come in. Clean me up. I'm tired of religion. I want a relationship. Not from the outside in of do's and don'ts, but the inside out of what you've done. And Lord, when you speak to me, I'll do it. I'll do it. Out of relationship. Wash me afresh. Wash me afresh. Make me clean. Make me clean. Put my name in the Lamb's book of life. Put my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I receive you. I receive you. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Come in, baptize me. Come in, baptize me. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. What do you feel on you right now? Feel good, don't you? 